We are continuing our series on Supernatural. How many of you guys have been enjoying the series? How many of you guys have been challenged by it a little bit and you're thinking, you're understanding? Anybody? One person? Okay, we'll, get, we'll try to get a little more challenging. Well, I'm excited today. Um, you know, I, I, last week when I got back, man, I, I just got back from a two-week vacation. That two-week vacation is still carrying over today. I'm just, I love church. I love being around you guys, and I love the Word of God. And come on, I mean, you, you know, when you're in church, you got the Word of God, you got community, you can't go wrong. And so I'm excited to share with you uh, what God has placed on my heart today. Last week I told you I was going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit today, um, but uh, that changed in my studies this week. And so we're not going to be talking about them today. Um, we're going to be talking about them next week. Um, at least at this point. Who knows, it could change in my studies again this week. But we are going to continue our series on supernatural. So turn your Bible to Ephesians 6, which has been our platform scripture for this series. Ephesians 6, verse 12, and it reads this way, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Wow. As we started this series out, we, we, we began to talk about the spiritual realm. Uh, with the natural realm, it's very easy for us to see. We can see it with our eyes. We can comprehend it. Uh, we look, whatever. But it's the spiritual realm that as believers we begin to get exposed to that sometimes we don't fully understand. The Bible says here in Ephesians 6.12, we don't wrestle against flesh. We're not wrestling in the natural. We're wrestling in the spirit. It is a spiritual battle that you and I are in together. And that's what Ephesians 6.12 is talking about. Now go with me to Luke 3. 21 through 22, and then we're going to go to Luke 4. We're going to talk today about one of my favorite subjects in regards to, uh, really today, and in the supernatural, and that is the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Chapter 4, verse 1. And after that, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. I would be hungry too. How many guys had gone 40 days without food before? Anybody? Two of you. My hat's off to you. I don't know if I could do it. The longest I've fasted is 21 days. Anybody ever done a 21-day fast? Anybody fasted for 40 hours before? 40 days without food, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. And I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God And him only shall you serve. Verse 9. He took him up to Jerusalem and set him on 
a, a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Verse 12, And Jesus answered me, is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Oh, someone's getting excited about the Bible. I love it. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, your word would speak to each and every one of us, no matter what season of life we're in, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, that God, our eyes would be opened up, that we are in a spiritual battle. Lord, the battle that we're facing, God, it's not in flesh and blood, but it's in the spirit. So God, expose us to that. Minister to us out of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, many of you, since you've uh, been a part of this series, or, or really since you've been a part of this church, maybe you came from a different church background, and maybe we're a little more, uh, you know, uh, charismatic, if you will, or, or maybe we're a little more into the uh, uh, spiritual aspect or spiritual realm than you've been exposed to, and so this is new to you. Uh, whether it be since you've started attending this church, or whether it be since, uh, since we started this series. And, and I need to let you know something, that many of the things that you've been experiencing um, that you are looking at in the flesh, they are not of the flesh. You are wrestling in the spirit. Some of you this week, something happened, and you wanted to react in the flesh. Let me tell you something. It's not the flesh. You're wrestling in the spirit, right? I remember talking to several couples, and this has happened ever since I was a pastor, and they'll come to me and say, Pastor, we're really enjoying the church, but every, every Sunday morning when it rolls around and we're getting ready, we're just agitated with one another. Any couples ever experienced that on Sunday morning? Mm-hmm. We're just agitated. And we're just wondering, we, we think maybe we shouldn't be going to church. Maybe, maybe we're going to the wrong church. You know, and, and then we're just, you know, we're, we're fighting with one another, you know, arguing who's going to get the kids ready, you know. And, and I, here's the thing is, I've talked to my parking lot attendants. I know who some of you are. Because I see the way you look when you pull into the church. And you become a really good Christian so you know how to put a smile on your face and fake it. Are you with me? You pull in and you're yelling at each other. We're late because of you. No, it's because you didn't get the kids right. Well, you didn't feed them. Well, you didn't dress. You didn't brush your hair. That sound like anybody? Okay. You don't have to raise your hand. And you pull in, you know, and all of a sudden you, you see the parking lot guys. You're like. And you get out. And you're like, how you doing, brother? Yeah. Big smile on your face. And inside you're still, you know, cussing your wife out. Come on, somebody. Can we be real today? Can we be practical with one another? All right. Um, and that's just me and my wife. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Listen to me, you're not wrestling in the flesh. It's a spiritual battle. And here's the thing, if we begin to recognize it as a spiritual battle, we can cut all that other stuff out. Are you with me this morning? And so we need to recognize this stuff because many of the things that you've been experiencing, listen to me, yes, you're supposed to go to church. Yes, you're at the right church. If you're experiencing opposition, last time I checked, it probably means you're doing something right. Okay? If you're not experiencing any opposition, maybe you're not alive. Okay? Or saved, one of the two. Okay? We don't wrestle flesh and blood. We wrestle principalities and powers in heavenly places. And so, so people have been getting exposed to this. And, and many of you don't like this series because ever since we started, it feels like the attack has increased. That's because your understanding has increased. And you're more sensitive to the things that are happening 
around you. I got a great message for you today, though, because the cool thing is, although we wrestle in uh, don't wrestle in flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, you're not fighting this battle alone. Matter of fact, many places the Bible says that, guess what, this isn't your battle. Stand still. See the salvation of your God. Okay? Hey, here's the thing, is we are in this fight, yes, but the Holy Spirit, come on somebody, has filled you. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You are not fighting alone, you are fighting under the inspiration, the authority, and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And so I want to look at this real quickly, so the understanding of the spiritual battle and spiritual warfare can increase. Let me just say this. It's the Holy Spirit that has filled you up, okay? It's the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. You do not use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses you, okay, as we wrestle in this battle. The Holy Spirit is not a wand, okay? Okay, the Holy Spirit comes and fills you up and empowers you to do great things in this life. Here we see this in the, in the book of Luke today, and and as I was preparing and getting ready for the gifts of the Spirit, I was led to Luke and, and read about the baptism of Jesus. Because the Bible talks about, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so I went straight to Jesus. I said, Jesus, were you empowered by the Holy Spirit? I know you were fully God and fully man, but, but what about the Holy Spirit? What about him? So here in Luke, chapters 3 and 4, as we read it today, something takes place in the life of Jesus. In chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, we read today that, that he was baptized. And when he was baptized, and you can read about it in Matthew 2, that the heavens parted, God spoke to him, the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily like a dove. But something supernatural takes place when we hit chapter 4 of the book of Luke. Because it says this in verse 1, and I want you to notice this, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd never seen this before, at least recognized it. But as I was studying, check this out. He left full of the Holy Spirit, but in verse 14, look at this. And when Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He left full of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. Something happened from verse 1 to verse 14. He left full, but he came back in the power of, or at least understanding the power of the Holy Spirit more. The word full is this in the Greek. If you're a note taker, it's play race. And it literally means to be full, filled up, covered in every part of your life. Play race, full, filled up, covered in every part. I believe this is what happens when you and I are saved. When we say yes to Jesus, okay? And I know that when we talk about it, we say, hey, have you ever asked Jesus in your life? Listen, Jesus isn't the one that comes in your life. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, living to make intercession for you and I. He's praying for us, okay? Okay? But now the Holy Spirit is the one that comes and indwells us. We get full of the Spirit when we are saved. We're going to see today what is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. It's to lead us in God. It's in all truth. Everything the Holy Spirit does points to the cross of Jesus. Okay? So the Holy Spirit now, whether he's working in the life of an unbeliever or whether he's working in the life of a believer, everything he's doing is pointing to the cross of Jesus Christ where atonement was made for our sins. Okay? So when we get saved, it's the Holy Spirit that comes and fills us up. Here now is Jesus, 
place full of the Spirit when he leaves. When he comes back, though, it says that he comes back in the power of the Spirit. And it says this, in the Greek, it's the word dunamis. Okay? He leaves in the full, full of the Holy Spirit, but he comes back in the dunamis of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Interesting to note that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. That word power in Acts 1.8 is the same word. It's dunamis. So in other words, the same power that Christ came back with after 40 days of being tempted is the same power that is on you and I now. Okay, are you with me today? Let's look and see what that word means. That word dunamis means strength, power, ability. I love this one. Miracle working power. Wow. Jesus leaves, full of, comes back in the power of, ready to do. Notice that Jesus did not start his earthly ministry as we see it in Scripture until he returned from this moment in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, Study the life of Christ. Study the Bible. Did he do other things up until this moment? Sure, we find him at about the age of 13 teaching in the synagogue. But he did not fully engage in his earthly ministry, casting out devils, doing, you know, gathering his disciples, doing all, until he was baptized. Until that moment came when the Spirit descended upon him. Okay? And here he is now, comes back in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that there's something that you and I need to look at here. What took place between verse 1 and verse 14? What was the the change that took place? Because I would like to think that it's in that moment when you get saved. I'm saved. I got water baptized. Woo! You know that we baptized about 19 people a couple months ago. I've met with several of those people since. They ain't even serving God anymore. Okay? As powerful as your confession is, as powerful as that baptism moment was, there is something more that you need to understand. You have the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. You are full of the Spirit, but there's something that takes place to recognize the power of the Spirit. Think about this moment now for Jesus, if you would. If we could just go back to that moment. Because it it kind of, from a human standpoint, it kind of bothers me a little bit. Because if you study the life of Jesus up until that moment, 30 years, he lived sinlessly perfect. Think about it. I don't know what, what that's like, because I know me, and, and I ain't sinless. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's like to have mom and dad tell me what to do, and then not argue back every now and then. Are you with me? I remember when I'm growing up, and mom would tell me to do something, and maybe I'd say yes, but I wouldn't do it, or other times in my heart, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. And sometimes I'd open my mouth, and I'd say, I don't want to do that. Can I just tell you that didn't go well for me? My mom believed in capital punishment. Come on, somebody. Called Mr. Spoon, okay? And Mr. Spoon or leather belt or whatever else was laying around, two by four, came in handy. (laughs) You know? But I think I turned out all right. That's where I'm supposed to get an amen. But now I can't imagine Jesus now, 30 years, sinlessly perfect, has not blown it at all. Hasn't even lusted after someone. Well, can I know there's other preachers out there that will try to tell you something different. Show me in the Bible. 
okay? Because I read the Bible. I understand that he was sinless. All the areas that Adam failed, guess what? He didn't. Okay? He's sinless. Now check this out. He gets baptized. Now, your baptism was awesome. Some of you, you haven't been water baptized yet, you need to do it. Why? Because the Bible tells you you should. Okay? I mean, come on, Jesus modeled it for you. You think Jesus did it? You should probably do it too. Okay. But in that moment, as powerful as your baptism was, think about Jesus now for a minute. He goes down. He comes up. I mean, think about all the people that were getting baptized that day. If you read about it in Scripture, tons of them. But now he gets baptized, and the Bible says the heavens open. This is like a movie, ladies and gentlemen. He gets baptized. Boom, ba-da-da! Right? Everything comes into that still moment. The birds are flapping their wings extra slow. Right? Everybody's looking. Okay? And a voice comes from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is a pretty fantastic baptism. Are you with me? And then the Bible says that the Spirit came down upon him like a dove in bodily form. Does anybody else wrap their mind around that one? Okay? Okay. This is like the crescendo. This is the moment. This is it. Jesus is going to do his ministry. The world's saved. Woo! Okay? People are dancing. People are celebrating. And then the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. Does that bother anybody else? I mean, 30 years, really, God? 30 years, I've lived perfect. Now, he probably didn't argue with God, but (laughs) I would (laughs) have. 30 years, he's lived perfect. I mean, this great moment, everybody's ready, and then he gets let off to be tempted by the devil. Listen, you might have been tempted before, but you ain't never been tempted by the devil himself. Think about that for a moment. You've been tempted by the girl walking by with a short skirt on. Hitting too close to home now, huh? You've been tempted when you drove by that strip club. Why are you talking all sexual aspects? Because we're doing a sexual revolution. Come on, somebody. You've been tempted, and it wasn't even the devil. And, and you gave in to the temptation, and it wasn't even the devil. Are you with me? But here is the devil himself after he's lived this great life for 30 years. By the way, there's one last test, Jesus. And Jesus gets led by the devil himself. Not only that, in the middle of his test, he doesn't get to eat nothing. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Do you read your Bible? Because that's, that's what it says in my Bible, okay? Think about it. I mean, think about how easy it would have been to just be out there with the devil. The devil says, if you bow down and worship me. I mean, think about how easy it would have been to just pretend like you dropped something. And it would just be over at that moment. Come on, don't tell me you haven't thought about it, right? Just in that moment where Jesus could have been like, Nick could, oh God, no, I didn't bow. I just, I dropped something on the ground, really. I was just picking it up. Really, it was. Think about it. Here he is. What happens? Here's a couple of things. Let's look at this real quickly. First thing is this. Notice that it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. You ever ever take notice of that before? It was the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of us as Christ followers, 
uh, we see that the greatest work that the Holy Spirit is doing in our life is to convict us of sin all the time. He's always pointing out stuff in my life. Oh, man, I was just really convicted by the Holy Spirit the other day. Oh, man, I was just, oh, there's this area in my life, and he just really, he just really put the finger on that, and I just really need to deal with that. Yeah, he does do that, and you should get right, okay? And he still is working in your heart as a believer in that way. But can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? Sometimes the battle you're in isn't the devil at all, but it's God leading you in there to test you to see what's in your heart. Oh, I don't like that. I didn't get too many amens on that one. Matter of fact, a lot of people are like, hold on, do I really believe that? Go read your Bible. It was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Matter of fact, we could take it a step further, which we'll look at in just a minute, but let me just say this. The Bible says in John that it's the, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world. Convict the who? World. Sin. Unrighteousness. The judgment that's to come. He's convicting the who? World. Okay. Any time that Jesus addressed his disciples about the Holy Spirit, he said, and I am going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he will lead you and guide you in all truth. Okay? The Holy Spirit's job, he's convicting the world. Listen to me. If you're a Christ follower, you are no longer of the world. Okay? You are now a Christian, you are now a Christ follower, and the Holy Spirit's number one job in the life of a Christian, of a Christ follower, is not just to continue to put his finger on areas of your life. It is so much greater than that. He is not always hanging over your shoulder waiting for you to screw up. Ah! You blew it! Work on that area. Oh, I saw you look over there. I know what you were thinking. Oh, I see that, I see that area. Okay. As a believer, his number one job is leading you and guiding you into all truth. Are you with me this morning? This is the Bible. Read it. Okay. And here he is, and he leads Jesus into. Is anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Okay. Into the wilderness to be taken. It was in this process of being in the wilderness of fighting the devil himself. Now, God forbid any of you will have to fight the devil himself. But as you fight the enemy, something takes place between verse 1 and verse 14. It is a test. It is a test of what's going on in your life. It is a test what you're full of. And let me tell you something. You don't know the power that you have until you face the enemy. You with me? And it was in the facing of the enemy now that Jesus comes back in the power of the Spirit. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principality. I don't like this message, Pastor. I mean, are angels going to show? Are demons going to show up? I mean, what's going to happen? I don't know. It's kind of creepy. But I know this, that you will never know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life until you face the enemy. You'll never know. You'll never know. I have... Uh, many police officers in my family. Man, they got the uniform on. They got the badge on. They got the gun. They got the, they got the car with the lights. Come on, the one that you're always looking for in your rearview mirror when you're speeding. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, not you, but some other people, you know? Okay, they got it all. And man, listen to me. 
they will never know the power or influence they have that that uniform carries, that that badge has, until all of a sudden they're asked to use it. And it's at that moment when they flip those lights on that all of a sudden that car begins to pull over. They'll never know the power they have until they begin to use what the Holy until in that case, until the government's going, but in our case, what the Holy Spirit has put in our lives. Many of us, we run when the enemy comes in. We run. How do we run? I mean, I'm not literally running. You run because you begin to battle in the flesh rather than in the spirit. You run because now you're arguing with your spouse rather than praying with your spouse. You run because you don't like the pastor anymore. That guy, he asked me, man, I can't believe he asked me to be an usher this morning. Does he not know that I have not been in church for six weeks? I need to sit in a service. Well, why have you not been in church for six weeks? Is it my fault? Bless you. I better move on because it's kind of quiet. It's quiet. Holy Spirit led him through this. Holy Spirit, listen to me. It's not always the enemy on the attack. It's the Holy Spirit leading you through something. But here's the great thing to know. If the Holy Spirit led you into it, come on somebody, he's going to lead you out of it. (laughs) If the Holy Spirit led you into that, man, just keep following him because he's going to lead you right out of it. See, what happens is also we find ourselves in it and we begin to tuck tail and we begin to run the other way. No, 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 that's the worst thing you could do. Just keep your eyes, the Bible says don't look to the left or to the right, but keep your eyes straight in front of you. The Holy Spirit, if he led you in, he is going to lead you out. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what circumstance. It doesn't matter what problem. But when you're walking through it, keep your eyes on the Holy Spirit. He is going to lead you out. You will go through some stuff before you realize the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Gonna go through some stuff. Gonna go through. Now listen to me. There is a difference between dumb choices and being led by the Spirit. Okay? This is a big difference. Now, if we need to go back to that level and talk about that, maybe you should come to the youth ministry on August 18th and we'll talk about it there. All right? The difference between bad choices and being led by the Spirit. Here he comes out now. The power of the Spirit. And I believe that you and I will have to face some things in our life before we realize the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let me just give you this real quickly. Who is the Holy Spirit? And we'll wrap it up. Holy Spirit, he's God. He's the third person of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the most ignored person of the Godhead in our society today. We like to talk about God the Father. We like to talk about what Jesus did on the cross, but the minute we begin to talk about the holy who, okay, people begin to get a little uncomfortable. Is he going to begin to talk about tongues now? No, that's in two weeks. We'll talk about that. I mean, what, what's going on, you know? It wasn't any different in Jesus' day. Jesus was ignored. Matter of fact, he was really ignored by his own people. Holy Spirit, he's the third person of the Godhead. We see him right in Genesis chapter 1. Hovering over the chaos of the earth. He was right there, right in the beginning. He's the third person of the Godhead. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's a person, not a force. He's not an it. Okay? He's not an it. You can use its, but you can't use 
the person of God. He's a person. The Bible talks about how he can be grieved. He's a person. If you read John 14, 16, it says it's to your advantage. Jesus said this, that I go, that I might leave you the helper, the Holy Spirit, capital H, person, helper, the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. Who is the Holy Spirit? Listen to this now. He is the author of the Holy Scriptures. He is the author of the Holy Scriptures. Write this one down, 2 Peter 1, verse 20. 2 Peter 1, verse 20. Let me read this to you today. Second Peter 1, verse 20. It says this. As soon as I get to Second Peter, not First Peter, I'm like that. I'm sure that's not the scripture I wrote down. It says this, knowing first this first of all that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Man did not write this book that we are talking about today. The Holy Spirit is the author, and he breathed on men. And men begin to write and begin to pen what the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. So Ben, why is that so important? It's important because now we know this is a supernatural book. Okay? Here's the thing as Christ followers, I mean, some of us don't even bring it to church anymore, uh, let alone read it, and hopefully have it on your iPhone. Come on, somebody. But if you want to know how powerful this book is, just take it to work with you and set it on the lunch table as you're eating. Just set it there and see what happens. You'll know how powerful this book is. I mean, you can bring GQ and throw it there and ain't nobody going to say nothing, you know? You can bring better homes and garden. Who gives a rip? You know? You bring this, it's like, whoa, whoa, what is that? <laughs> it's the truth. Try it. Come on, I, I double dog dare you to try it this week. Matter of fact, get a really big one and just carry it with you wherever you go. Just walk like this. See, some of you, see, I'll be honest with you, some of you, when you're, when you're walking to your car in the morning, you're kind of like this. You don't want anybody to see what you're carrying. Some of you are like, I, I don't need to bring my Bible to church. It'll be on the screens. It's a supernatural book. Supernatural book. And you need a supernatural God to open up your eyes to it. I remember when I was in high school, I had an English teacher who couldn't stand me. He said, oh, come on, Ben. How do you know he couldn't stand you? I'll tell you. Here's why. Because I actually cheated one time in English. I've asked for forgiveness. Get over it, people. Okay? I, was, I, I still am not the, the best at English. It's not my fault. I was born in another country. Okay? It's a true story, I was. I was really young when we moved out, but still, it had an effect on my, my developmental years, all right? And so English wasn't my best subject, and I remember I was taking English, and I met, my mom may not know this, and she'll probably be mad at me now, and I'll get in trouble later, but, and I just, I, hate, I hated writing papers. Little did I know that that's what I'd pretty much be doing for a living one day, is writing papers. I hated writing papers, hated it, 
You know, I didn't understand, you know, the, you know, double line this. And I don't even know the terms. I just write, all right? That's, that's why I speak and I don't write, okay? Because if, if you could see what was in my mind, you'd be like, oh, man, there are so grammatic, many grammatical errors right now. <laughs> I'd just be like, I give my notes to people to make things. They're like, what does this say? And I'm like, I don't know. It's right here, all right? Okay? Hmm. See, when I say there, you don't know how I'm spelling that. <laughs> you just hear it. It's awesome. <laughs> I just don't know how to spell it there. there I don't know. Awesome, I love it. Anyway, Jesus, come back. So I was in English class, and I, I remember my friend had taken this class, the exact class two years before me, and so I asked for all his papers because he was smart. <laughs> and I took one paper, and I copied it verbatim. Two years apart. I mean, he's not, come on, English teacher's not going to remember, right? He got an A on it. Guess what I got on it? I got a C. I got a C. I, I practically could have photocopied the thing in hand. I was like, how in the world? He didn't like me, I'm telling you right now. So anyway, not really a part of the story. But anyway, so we got in this debate one time about the Bible. And, uh, and, uh, and so I'm talking about the Bible. And he said, oh, yeah, I've, I've read the Bible. And I'm like, really? Because I was young and naive, and I thought anybody that read the Bible, their eyes for sure would be opened up. And come on, why are you not a Christian then? You know, you read the Bible. Oh, yeah, I've read it all the way from Genesis to Revelation. I said, what would you think? He goes, it's, it's got some good writings in it. I'm like, good writings? My God, man, wake up, you know? <laughs> I need some good writings. This is a supernatural book. But that's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come and lead you and guide you in all truth. What is the truth that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in? He's not going to come and whisper something new to you. Hey, you should divorce your husband. That's not the Holy Spirit. My pastor told me before, that's the horny spirit. Did he say that in church? Well, I'm just quoting my pastor. Did you see the Because you can't see the quotes, can you? I had them there. They were there. Okay? Okay? He's not going to tell you something contrary to the word of God. He's going to lead you and guide you in all truth. He's the author of the scriptures. What does he do? What is the Holy Spirit doing today? He's leading you. We've talked about that. He is the one that's leading you. He's your helper. He's leading you and guiding you all truth. What is the Holy Spirit doing today? He, he testifies of Jesus. He testifies of Jesus. Write down John 15, 26. He will testify of me, Jesus said. Everything the Holy Spirit's doing, pointing to Jesus. What's the Holy Spirit doing on the earth? He is the prosecutor. John 16, 6 through 13. Convict the world of sin, righteousness, and the judgment that's to come. He's coming and he's doing that. That's why this right here is going to be so powerful. Because to us, it's just a bracelet. But I'm telling you right now, come on, these are anointed bracelets. These are anointed touch cards. These are anointed advertisements that we're doing. And they're going to see them. And all of a sudden, they're going to have questions. They're going to go to the website. And the Holy Spirit is going to begin to work overtime on them, begin to convict them of their sin. They're going to show up to church. Come on, somebody, and they're going to get saved. Amen. That's really good. Thank you. What's the Holy Spirit doing? He empowers us to live a holy life. He empowers us to live a holy life. I was talking with someone the other day, and they were going through our urbanism, which is our pathway of involvement here at church. You can do it online. We'll have um, a live one coming up in September. But he was going through it, and uh, I talked to him the other day, and he said, I, you know, I got some questions about this. I'm like, yeah, what's that? And he goes, well, in, in stop two... It's all about being Christ-like. Yeah, absolutely. I don't agree with that. What do you mean? 
I don't agree with that. I don't believe that we can be Christ. Time out. It doesn't say become Christ. It says be Christ-like. I fully believe with the power of the Holy Spirit working inside us that we can become Christ-like. Are you with me? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who we're going to look to? To Jesus. He's the firstborn among many brethren. He came to be an example for us. I mean, scripture after scripture. If I don't look to Jesus and I can't become Christ-like, where's the hope? I might as well live like hell and pray a prayer on my deathbed. I think there's a book out there about that. Okay? Listen, we can become Christ-like. How? With the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. He's the Holy Spirit. He comes to make us holy, to empower us to be holy. Ben, are you telling me that once I get saved, I can live without sin? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. When you become a Christ follower, you are no longer obligated to sin. You are no longer under the power of sin. Read Colossians. No longer under the power of it. That power's been taken. When you sin as a Christ follower, you are choosing to sin. How does that one feel? Oh. Oh. UFC fight right there, right? We're choosing to sin. And then we try to, you know, well, I just don't know if I really believe what the Bible says on that topic. Then you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. You're listening to a different spirit. It's the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to live holy and lead you and guide you in all truth. He gives gifts. We're going to talk about it next week. So where does that leave us today? Here we are. We're, we're in a spiritual battle. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. The fight you had with your spouse on the way to church this morning, deal with it. Ask for forgiveness. Well, but she, no, no. Read Ephesians 5, man. Lay down your life for your wife. Humble yourself. But, 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 no, 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 no buts. Humble yourself. But it wasn't even my fault. She, no, no, it wasn't Jesus' fault that you sinned either, but he died on the cross for you. Well, humble yourself. I'm, t- I'm telling you what, you humble yourself and you'd be the first one to go and ask forgiveness, man, it just, whew. okay, just do that, do that. You're not wrestling against flesh, so what's my response? Here's my response. I need to be open to the Holy Spirit. I, I, need, I need to receive the Holy Spirit. I need to be ready to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. I need to be willing to be used by the Holy Spirit. Think about Jesus as we wrap it up. 30 years. I've lived, I've lived a good life. Yeah, but you, you need something else before you can go into your ministry. Well, what is it? Follow me, I'll show you. See, some of you, you're here today and you think just by going to church. But I went to church. Isn't that worth something? Yeah, gold star, good job. But, but pastor, I, I read five chapters of the Bible this week. Good. You should read the Bible. It gives the Holy Spirit more of a platform to work in your life. Because he's going to lead you and guide you in that truth that you read. Okay? But pastor, you know, I prayed at least three days this week for 15 minutes. Good. You should do that. But listen to me. If it wasn't about Jesus' sinless life in regards to this, obviously it was when it came to the atonement. But if Jesus, living sinlessly perfect, had to go to this next step, 
of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question this morning. What about you and I? Is there something more to the spiritual battle? Is there something more to church? Is there something more for me? Can I really walk free from sin? Do I, can I really walk free from the, that thing? Can I really, do you mean I don't have to have my mind plagued with these thoughts and I, I don't have to give in to these thoughts? Do you really mean that I can overcome by the blood of the Lamb? Yes, you can overcome by the blood of the Lamb because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are you with me today? Some of you, you just need to open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your spirit, forget about everything else just for a moment. Say, what do the scriptures say? Holy Spirit, if you want to empower me, here I am, a Christ follower, empower me so I can walk the life that you want me to walk. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Now we thank you that your word is amazing. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes for a moment. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Some of you have been new this summer. Thank you so much for coming. I want to get a chance to meet all of you. We have community groups. Love for you to go check them out online. But listen to me. you got to know this, that the Holy Spirit is the one that's leading you. And if he's the one that led you, he led you to this church. He led you to this place of worship. He led you to this community. Don't stop following him. Get plugged in. Find out more about God. Find out more about the church. Get plugged in. Find how we can help you and serve you. Find how you can get involved and serve in an area of ministry. The Holy Spirit led you here. Keep walking down the path. You say, well, pastor, I don't know, man. This is a little bit weird. You kind of yelled at us today. And, and you know, and, and you kind of, you know, you talked about supernatural stuff and, and whatnot. And that's just kind of crazy. I know. I know. But the Holy Spirit led you here. When you clicked on that website, Holy Spirit was working on your heart. Listen to me. Our, our website's pretty stinking cool. I like it. You want to hear something crazy? I don't even know if I've told anybody this. I actually pray over our website. Oh my gosh, that is strange. I know. But I, we've been talking about it all, all summer. How does that work? Well, once again, if, if God could anoint, the Holy Spirit could anoint handkerchiefs and aprons and shadows, <laughs> why not a web page? See, some of you here because, oh man, the website's cool. No, that, our website's cool, but that was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, check out that church. Check out that church. Check out that church. For some of you, our website came across a little seeker sensitive. And then you got here and you're like, whoa. Holy Spirit led you here. He brought you here. He's got something for you. Hallelujah. Some of you need to stop running from the battle you're in and realize, no, Holy Spirit, you're leading me through this. But you know, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says you'll never be tempted above what you can bear. But with temptation will come a way of escape. No way of escape. What's the way of the escape? The Holy Spirit living inside of you. You mean it's not like a secret hatch that'll appear and I can just run? No. No, you'll walk right by the temptation. But the power of the Holy Spirit in you will resist the temptation. Hallelujah.